Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I had a breakthrough in my early 20s, so this is just a couple of years ago, right? And so I had a breakthrough in my early 20s, and... um. When, and, and that's what we're going to be talking about today is breakthroughs, okay? And so when I talk about a breakthrough, um, I, I'm not necessarily saying that just because you have a breakthrough in your Christian life that you're going to get it right from now on, okay? That, that's not the case at all. Uh, but it does give you a taste of what it's like to do something not wrong. You know, you, you read in the Bible about these concepts of how God wants us to live and everything, and I seriously remember a breakthrough when, when I was able to take what God had promised me and apply it to a certain situation in my life. And it was so momentous, momentous, moment, however you say it. It was a big moment. And um, <laughs> I feel like porky pig sometimes. I'm trying to use big words. Press y'all. I'm not going to do that anymore. See? Uh, anyway, breakthrough is most often life-changing. Um, especially when it applies to one's core life principles. So um, it's learning a lesson that you've heard others talk about, and uh, but never experienced yourself. So that's what we're going to be talking today is, is about a, a breakthrough. And a breakthrough is not the finish line. And sometimes it feels like that, like you finally got it, so this must be the end. Actually, you, you, you're just beginning whenever you haven't even started until that breakthrough. And so uh, it's not the finish line, it's the starting line. And the verse that we're going to be using throughout today is Romans 12.2. And I'm going to read it to you in the Simplified Cowboy version. But trying to fit, it's not going to work, is it? It's like you want me to leave your mic up, this mic up? Ah, no, it'll be fine. So anyway, but... Um, Romans 12, 2 in the Simplified Cowboy Version. Quit trying to fit into the sorry ways of the world, but be made new by changing the way that you think. Only then will you find the trail that the boss wants you to ride. Your Bible may form to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think that that's what breakthroughs do, is they transform us by renewing our minds in the way that we think. Well, my breakthrough came while I was fixing to get on a colt in Fort Stockton, and, and it was, it was a, probably mid-morning, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning, and I was out there by myself, and I went to get on this colt, and he was bad to buck. Now, he wasn't a bad bucker. He was just bad to buck. I mean, like, he was probably going to try you every time you got on, and he never, I don't, if I remember right, this colt never bucked me off, but, you know, he, he would try you, and, you know, it's kind of scary whenever you're you know, young and stuff like that, and you go to get on a horse and you're out in a pasture all by yourself surrounded by mesquite and bugs and scorpions and rattlesnakes, and there's a million things that can go wrong. Well, I saddled up this colt one morning, and as I took him out of the pen, you know, I gypped him around and everything. As soon as I went to step on, my spidey senses came on. And I was like, ooh, something's not right here. So I start checking my, I mean, I check my latigo, I check my cinches, you know, I run my hand underneath the saddle blanket just to be sure that, you know, there wasn't a, 
a sticker or something. I mean, there just something was missing. Something was off. And I didn't know what it was. And it was really weirding me out. I walked around that horse several times. I led him around. And I could not find a single thing that was wrong. And I nearly, just nearly went and put him up. But I didn't. I left leg up into the stirrup right then. Only then did I realize what was missing. And what was missing was my fear. You see, I used to fucked off. I didn't like it. And I wasn't a very good bronc rider. And, and, you know, I never fell off clean. I always fell off onto my saddle horn and then onto their head and then under their feet. Yeah, that's the type of buck off that, that I had. And so I hated getting bucked off. And so I, what did I do? I went and I got on any bucking horse I could find. I started colts for, at this time, about two years straight. And I was fixing to go get on one that I knew was going to buck. I knew it was going to buck, or at least there was a high probability because he had done it every single time since then. But I wasn't afraid. See, I had a breakthrough because I learned of what it means to have faith instead of fear. You know, do not be afraid is one of the most common repeated commands in the Bible. And a lot of people say, well, I really don't know what God wants me to do. Well, how about this? If you don't know what God wants you to do, he told you over and 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 over from the Old Testament to the New Testament, from Genesis to Revelations, do not be afraid. If you don't know what God wants you to do, why don't you try that? Try to live without any fear. Okay, it's possible. It's a promise. God told us, it's what I said, a breakthrough is whenever you finally figure out, here's a promise, here's the application. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. And I had never got on a young colt. I wasn't just, at some point, scared to death. Scared to death. You know, we don't have to be afraid for several reasons. One of the main reasons that we don't have to be afraid is because there is no punishment. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will be judged when you die, but it is only a reward judgment. It is only a judgment just to see how big a belt buckle you're going to get for this good life that you live down here. There is not going to be a set of scales that weighs the good and the bad. It is only, you know, the separation of the sheep and goats is if you believe in Jesus, here you are. If you don't, here you are. The ones that don't believe in Jesus, they will be punished for every single bad thing that they ever did. As Christians, we won't be punished for the bad things that we did. We will only be rewarded for the good. And why people think, well, I just don't believe that. We, well, you should. That's the most polite way I can say that. Well, you should. We don't have to be afraid because there is for us. There's also no condemnation. I mean, not that I love John 3, 16. For the Lord uh, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Everybody's seen it, heard it, read it. But it's that next verse that really does it for me. For the Son of Man didn't come into the world to condemn it, but to be saved through him. Man, Jesus is not looking down every bad thing that you do. You know the bad But Jesus, if you're feeling condemnation in your heart, that's coming from the devil. It's not coming from the Lord. Now, condemnation um, from the devil makes you feel bad about yourself. Now, will God talk to you about the things you're doing wrong? Yes, he will. 
He will. But it's more of a, hey, I know I can do better. You're encouraged to be better versus condemnation when you just want to give up because you think there's no way I can ever get this. Those are two separate things. We don't have to be afraid because there is no punishment waiting. There is no condemnation waiting. And listen, there's nothing that can stand in the way of God's love for us. I mean, the Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. You don't have to be afraid. As a matter of fact, it's very hard to wrap our minds around that God loves you regardless of what you do. God still loves you regardless of what you do. You do something good, he can be proud of that. Adam will love you more. You can do something bad. He may not, but he never loves you less. Perfect love drives out all fear, even fathom in our pea brains. But one thing that he told us over and over and over is that you don't have to be afraid. And maybe it's not getting on bucking horses for you, okay? I don't know what it is for you, but what scares you? What, what frightens you each and every day? Can you face that and give it to God and say, you know what, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be afraid of this anymore. But it wasn't just about a breakthrough about not being afraid. It was also a breakthrough in learning how not rely solely on me. Because the second breakthrough I had that day is how little I trusted in God and what me and more of a self-reliance on my own works. You've heard it said that you can't depend on anybody but yourself, right? You've heard people say that, and maybe it's more of a guy thing than a gal thing. But, you know, guys think that they're tough when they go, well, you can't depend on nobody but yourself, so just do it yourself. Well, that's a chicken way out. I mean, honestly. I mean, that screams so scared of everything in the world that I will not let anybody in, and I will not come out. I will not let anybody in to love me, and I'm not going to go out and love anybody. That's what that says when we depend on our self-sufficiency. You know... I had a breakthrough because I didn't think I had what it took to be a real cowboy. Because, I mean, you want to know how hard it is? I mean, there, there is some, I mean, seriously top hands right here today. Not just in the first service, but in the second service watching online. And you know how hard it is to stand up here and say, yeah, I'm a cowboy and I was scared to death. Well, I was. I would have what it took to be a cowboy that I was, that in myself I was found lacking. And it's not true. I mean, I had done time, I had worked on two huge ranches in Texas as a paid cowboy on both of them, and uh, I had been starting colts for a couple of years. I worked in a prison where I rode horses every single day. I mean, if we, and we're not comparing, but I was being a little too hard on myself. But what I was doing was I was relying only on and what I could do. But instead of focusing on all the ways that I was lacking, I decided that day to try something new. Since I wasn't scared, then maybe what I would do is just do the best job I could and hope that God would fill in the blanks. He did. I mean, what a breakthrough to realize that we don't have to be afraid. 
We don't have to be afraid. Even unto death, we do not. I mean, death for the Christian is not the end of anything. It's just the biggest life, right? We don't have to be afraid. What a realize that what the Bible says when Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit says we don't have to be afraid, and we don't have to be. And then to realize that you are enough. You are enough. And even in some areas that you might be lacking, if you will put faith instead of fear, if you'll do that, then you can learn to trust in God instead of depending just upon yourself. Knowing that God loves us more than life itself was what led to the third breakthrough. You know, after starting Colts for a couple of years, I mean, like, I always had one or two. And some of them I had for 30 days, some of them I had for 60 days. Some of them I didn't want for 10 days. Some of them I wanted to keep in my string forever, right? That's just the way it goes. But after years, I'd been bucked off many. I had rode some out by this time also. It wasn't all just bad. I knew, but that day when I went to get on, I knew that I could handle most any normal situation, even if the cult did start bucking it before. And I was getting pretty soft. Kind of reached that point in my life where I was starting to stay on a little more than I, than I came off, which was in stark contrast to the way it used to be. Yeah, I was all by myself in a pasture filled with scorpions, and I'm sure there's alligators and I think a couple of raptors, you know, T-Rexes and stuff like that out there in the pastures, rough in West Texas. But I had, in those moments, dozens of times. And so what I decided to do that day is to rely more on discipline than emotionalism. To rely on discipline instead of emotionalism. Because when things start getting scary, okay, you, you know, you're going to know what I'm talking about when I get done here. When things start getting scary or stressful or a little tense, you, you know what I'm talking about. I don't know what your trigger is, but you know what I'm talking about. I think that when we start feeling that stress or that fear or that, you know, your shoulders start, I think that's a sign for us to rely on our discipline instead of letting our emotions take the, you know, take the wheel pedal and the brake pedal. and Because we do that. We let our emotions just hijack everything that we know, Right? We, we let our emotions hijack us all the time when really what God wants us to do is lean on our discipline. And it takes that type of discipline to remember that we don't have to be afraid, that we will never be complete in and of ourselves, but only by relying on God. That's where discipline comes in instead of just emotionalism. And honestly, disciplined thinking isn't really like positive thinking versus negative thinking. It's God thinking. It's truth thinking. Yes, this situation can be scary. Do I have to be afraid? No. That is an emotional choice that I have to make. I mean, <laughs> even this morning, <laughs> even this morning, man, I've had like five bombshells that, you know, threatened to steal my joy, threatened to, uh, oh, just all these different emotions. 
But as soon as I got up here, as soon as, as, as Mitch prayed, man, I just felt all of that, all that weight just, just slide off of me. Instead of relying on emotions, I know what God says and I believe what God says. And that's discipline, is to know what he says, do what he says, and trust in those results. You know, I think that discipline is the ability to put into practice all the mistakes you've learned from and also being able with unexpected things in a beneficial way. That's what disciplined living looks like. And it's this type of living, disciplined living, that will leave you proud of yourself, not mad at yourself. And you know what I'm talking about when I say that, because we let our emotions run stuff, we end up saying, doing, or even thinking things that are not true, that end up kind of haunting us. But whenever you're disciplined and you handle something just the right way, man, you can look back and go, I did it. I did it. And sometimes we need help because I guarantee you, about three days ago, my wife helped me tremendously because I had one of those people on social media and um, I was just trying to be uplifting and uh, this guy, Connie, and, and that's okay. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's kind of like, what was that Brad Pitt movie where he says, you're going to die for this. Nah, it just chewed out. I've been chewed out before, you know. One of those things, I can get chewed out. That doesn't bother me. The part that bothered me is he called me Bud. Oh, I don't know why, but like, I must have this little nerve, Bud name calling nerve that comes out of my finger. And that dude walked up and went, Boop! I was like, oh, you did not just call. And I was like, took a deep breath. And Cammie was like, what's the matter? And I'm like, don't respond. Don't respond. She sat in my lap and stroked my cheek. Don't respond. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Sometimes we need that. That's my, that's my discipline, right? Sometimes we need that to be proud. And, and honestly, I give the credit to her, but still, I'm proud that I didn't respond to that stupid stuff. When every, when every bit of emotionalism inside of me just wanted to, well, let me tell you something, bud. Wish I could have done a voicemail on there. I'd have left a voice comment. That would have even been, I'd have wrote it and then got something and deleted it later because I wrote it. But speaking of being proud of yourself, my wife should be proud of herself because later on that day, she showed me what true humility looks like. Now, if you might want to just leave Come back next year, because this live will last that long. I'm sitting in the living room, and I think I was working on the SCV or something, and Cammie is in the shower, and she's like, Kevin, I'm thinking something's wrong. I'm like, what, what? She goes, bring me Tika. That's uh, one of the Vishlas that she is training, since service dog training. She goes, I want to give Tika back. Usually what she does, she takes a shower, she just does it just gets them right in the shower and gets the wand and just lathers them all up. in there and I put her in the shower with Cammie, shut the door. And she goes, don't run off because it's not going to take me a second. I don't want her getting water all over the place. So get ready with towels. So I get my towels ready, right? And I'm sitting there and I'm waiting on this dog to get a bath, right? And I'm like, I could be doing a lot of other things right now. But no, 
I'm going to be a dog dryer. And then all of a sudden, I hear Cammie go, ooh, 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 no, 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 ooh, 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 oh, gross. Well, let me tell you what happened. You always stop it right here. Y'all come back next week. I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> Nobody will come back, I promise. Okay. <laughs> okay. True enough, Brittany. True enough. So dogs have these things that I didn't know existed. They're called anal glands. And they can get stopped up. And you know how you unstop them? You squeeze their butt. Place. Right? So she squeezed Tika's butt place, and it shot out and hit the door and hit her right in the face. And if you've never been squirted in the, with the anal gland, you have not lived. Let me tell you why I'm proud of my wife. And by the way, I asked her permission. And <laughs> you know what my wife did? She gagged, but she laughed. You know what I did? I laughed. <laughs> it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen. She's like, come look. I was like, no. And so she, my face, and she's like rubbing her face. I made face with my toothbrush and toothpaste before I'd kiss her. Because if you got anal gland, in the, you, need some, you need some more than just noxema, okay? You need a little bit more. But here's, she laughed about it. Not only did she laugh about it, she let me laugh with her. Without getting mad, without blaming anything, without blaming anyone, laughed. And that leads to the final breakthrough. It's when you can really wrap your mind around just how powerful he is and how good. Isn't it funner to tell this story and everybody laugh about it than me saying, yeah, this happened and she got really mad and she kicked the dog and then I was laughing so she you know, cut my, you know, all of that. No, she just laughed. That's what I love about her. She's teaching me to laugh again. It, big stuff, but little stuff too, because you know what? Humility is the unique ability to laugh at yourself while not others are laughing with you. I wasn't making fun of her. I wasn't making fun of her at all. As a matter of fact, it was kind of one of those deals. She was laughing and gagging so hard. It was, it was funny. Just listening to her in the shower, yelling, gross, 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 get it off, get it off, get it off. But not only is humility the unique ability to laugh at yourself and not get mad when others laugh with you, but humility is the true might of heaven, and we have access to it here on earth. Jesus was the most humble and meek man that ever walked the face of the earth. Now, he was a pacifist and weak Absolutely not. Never forget, Jesus told some people that he'd come to arrest him. He said, make no mistake about it. If I didn't want to be arrested, I'd call down 10 legions of angels and wipe y'all out. And if you don't know what 10 legions of angels is, it's like, I think there's like 10,000 in a legion or something like that, or 5,000, I don't remember. It's a bunch. And one angel in the Old Testament wiped out 186,000 Assyrians, Right? So these few people come to arrest Jesus, and Jesus is like, hey, I think that verse right there when Jesus says, I can call down 10 uh, legions of angels, and you know my Father in heaven will hear me, 
I, I think that was the basis for Peter Parker's uncle in Spider-Man when he says, with great power comes great responsibility. I think that's where it came from. There's a biblical evidence for Spider-Man, just so you know. But still, is the true might of heaven. And we have access to it here on earth. But it's not easy. What's easy is to get mad and let everything act like I did about 25 minutes ago. Right? When everything seems to be imploding right before you leave on a little mini vacation. Humility is also the gate through which true love owes to us and through us. Let me read that again. Humility is the gate through which true love flows to us and through us. And it is a superpower. I don't know what area of your life that you need a breakthrough, but I pray today finds breakthrough and I want to know when it happens, whether it's today or next year or whenever the case may be, because they truly are life-changing. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will know God's good and perfect will. And I'll leave you with this. James, humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. Father, we're here today to worship and honor you. You and you alone get the glory for the good things in our life. And may we have the strength, God, and the humility to give you all the bad things. God, you love us more than we can fathom. And what we ask is that you allow your love for us to spread to others so that they may help us to shuck the ways of the world and keep our eyes on the kingdom. And it's I pray. Amen.